0: So, Jay, mm-hmm. we interviewed D. We did. We have a celebrity on the podcast. We do. And the celebrity wanted to come on our podcast. We didn't even have to beg. She did. We're so lucky. I can't wait that. for you guys to hear this interview. It. She was so much better. I, I knew she was going to be amazing, but she like exceeded expectations.
1: A hundred percent. She's a
0: class class act class act and she's a true intuitive girl indefinitely i am very excited for you guys to hear this carmandy i loved her on what not to wear if you heard the episode where i talked about uh or we talked about it's brave to not wear makeup mm-hmm. you heard me gush about her and that's mm-hmm. how we connected yeah so i'm so excited for you guys to hear she has some really awesome things yeah say. it's awesome yeah
1: Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is is the Intuitive Intuitive Girl's Girl's Guide.
0: Hey, Jay. Hey. We have a very special guest on our podcast today, and I am trying not to freak out. Like I'm trying to be cool about it. I don't think I'm pulling it off. Your eyes
1: are definitely a little glassy.
0: <laughs> we have Carmendy here. Will you introduce Carmendy to the people?
1: Yes, I would love to. Um, Carmendy is a New York-based editorial makeup artist, beauty and lifestyle expert, TV personality, author, speaker, and entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience in beauty. Her work has been published in Allure, Elle, InStyle, Bazaar, Condé Nast Traveler, Town & Country, O, and many more. For over a decade, millions of viewers counted on Carmen D. to teach them her insider makeup tricks on TLC's <laughs> hit show *What Not to Wear*. But what really inspired her viewers was her confidence-boosting attitude towards everyone. Mm-hmm. Carmen taught them how to see their unique beauty and stop any negative commentary going on in their heads. We're here for that. Oh yes. She showed that all people of all ages, skin tones, possessing all types of features, had the right to love and celebrate themselves. This inclusive way of looking at beauty differently inspired her to create Carmody Beauty, a streamlined collection of affordable color cosmetics for everyone on Amazon. Known for her universal five minute face technique, Carmody delivers the natural look alternative. With Carmody Beauty, you can find your inner light and allow it to shine through.
2: Yay! <laughs> Welcome, Carmody. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. I love your podcast because intuition is everything. So this is Absolutely. so cool.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Well, we first connected,
0: uh, over the podcast because yeah, episode I might have been gushing about Carmody on. on <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about makeup. So the whole the whole point of that episode was like, is it brave to not wear makeup? Which is like a very complicated question right right
1: pamela anderson has been doing recently yes.
0: and we right? kind of came to the conclusion that unfortunately the answer is yes
1: yeah
0: right so i want to know Carmen D what are your thoughts on that whole thing of like wearing makeup not wearing makeup like what pamela anderson's doing
2: i'd love to hear what you think about all that Well, first of all, uh, to say it's brave is silly. I don't think it's brave, I think it's real. And what Pamela Anderson is doing, I think many more people need to embrace that. It's not an all or nothing situation. We have to be comfortable in our own skin, wearing nothing on our faces. Only then can makeup be applied and used as a tool of empowerment and not insecurity. So what she's doing, she went from one extreme to another, which I think is awesome, because it shows that you can change and become more confident as you get older. What mm. I'm seeing are these younger girls who are, I mean, there's going to be plenty of time for needing makeup that don't need so much makeup, not feeling comfortable being barefaced. And that I think is, is an issue. And that's where they need to practice their bravery and being able to feel good within themselves.
1: That's such an important distinction. I think like feeling like you have to have makeup on or really wanting to have makeup on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And don't you feel too, like there's a lot of trends going on now where like the reason for wearing makeup isn't to like enhance how you look or for your own confidence or to like show your features anymore it's sort of like to contour in a weird way to
1: look like someone else to sort of fit in
2: to me it's outrageous because it's literally a generation of people cloning themselves to look like one ideal beauty type and there's no such thing as an ideal beauty type if you look through history going back to like you know you you go to the 50s you go to the 30s you can go to the 1800s you can go back thousands of years beauty standards change every decade for thousands of years. So there is not one set idea of beauty. What makes beauty interesting is differences and uniqueness. That is what beauty is. I always compare it, even in some of the books I've written, to either a garden or a museum. If you go into a beautiful garden, you see many different types of plants and flowers, right? That's what makes it beautiful. It's not just one. If you go into a museum, there's all kinds of different mediums and paintings and styles. That's what makes it a museum. But I think if we're all trying to clone ourselves to look like one specific look, it becomes boring. It becomes, I think it takes away from our individuality, our specialness, our uniqueness. And I think it can be quite dangerous, especially when the younger girls don't feel confident being their unique self. And I think that's why I looked back at ancient civilizations when they started using makeup. It was for power, fertility, celebration, ritual. It wasn't because they didn't like their double chin or they wanted to recontour their cheekbones. Only now we're doing that. Let's go back to the original form of celebrating ourselves and celebrating life through adornment.
1: Harmony is like a true intuitive girl. She is. I was just like legit. I was just going
0: to say that. that. I was just going to say, like, because what you're talking about is really real intuition, which right. is like knowing yourself and like finding the parts of yourself that you want to shine and like shine to other people. And like, so that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I've always loved that, like, like originally people would wear makeup, like in honor of different goddesses and things, like the color would be chosen for that reason. And like,
2: I'm like, we should get back to that, please. No, it's so important. And I think that that's what, you know, there's wonderful things about social media, wonderful things where we can find our community. Um, We have an ability to have a platform to speak our truth, but also the negative side is that, people think that, oh gosh, I have to follow this trend. Otherwise I don't fit in. So as advanced as we're becoming as women, why are we becoming more insecure? You have the choice, right? So whenever I hear, oh, society, well, we are society. So it's up to us to change it. And you, if you follow somebody, or if you follow like trends that make you feel bad about yourself, you stop following them. It's that simple. You can literally follow something that makes you feel empowered and makes you feel good and makes you kind of get out of that slump. It's like the old days before, you know, social media and you'd go to the nail salon and there would be the rag mags, right? And and you would open it and be like celebrities without makeup or celebrities with cellulite. Well, that was just a, a form of bullying. Put yeah. down, I used to put down the magazines. Well, now you have to literally just stop following people that make you feel bad about yourself. It's so true. Like, I think in the world of intuition, we see this a lot
0: where there's like, like Jamie's favorite joke, I'm going to use your line is, is like, you know, you have to get up at 4am and meditate for like three Um, hours and drink a green green smoothie smoothie to be intuitive. Right. It's the, it's that same sort of messaging that's here in like, I mean, basically anything women touch, that messaging is there, but like, it's that same message of like, everything has to be done this one way way. to be truly intuitive. It has to be done the way that feels good to you, right? Like the way that you feel great.
2: That's right. Every woman is born with intuition, period. Every, and it doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter your environment. It doesn't matter your age. You can tap into it. But I feel that the real way to tap into intuition is hard today because you have to get quiet. And we're living in a world where we're not quiet. We're constantly online. We're constantly running around. We're constantly listening to music. We're never still and quiet. If you take that time to be still and quiet, your intuition's blaring.
0: We'll be right back after this short break. great with podcast listening
1: a uh, great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop
0: yep beans roasted in-house amazing baristas
1: you know where i'm talking about restoration coffee can we go yes i need an americano and maybe a panini too Ooh, i need blueberry maple latte and probably a restable. Ooh yeah check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com Hey y'all! it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you.
0: Speaking of being quiet, I would love to know like how you see the word intuition, what your relationship to that word has been. Like, did you grow up connected to that? Did you find it later? Like, I would just love to hear that from you.
2: Yes, um, I was a very, very intuitive child born that way. I mean, it, it, but it it caused some issues because I always felt like an outsider and I always felt a little strange, but at the same time, it led me to create the exact life that I wanted because I was always working off my intuition. My biggest struggle, especially I would say in my 20s and 30s, is trying to decipher the difference between fear and intuition, right? And you're like, oh, I'm just being afraid. And you're like, nope, that was intuition. Or sometimes they'd be like, no, it's my intuition not to do that. And then I wound up being wrong because that was actually fear. So As you get older and you start, like I said, being quiet and really resonating and learning lessons, when you do make those mistakes, it starts to um, become easier to decipher between fear and intuition. The intuition is a settling feeling, even if it's saying stay away or go away, it's a little more settling. Fear has uh, anxiety attached to it, which I don't think intuition has. Agreed. I I think that's
0: why people have trouble really understanding intuition. I mean, we get asked a lot, like, how do I know it's my intuition? Because your intuition is very quiet. Like it, it just exists. It speaks once, like it's not repeating itself like fear and it's not causing a lot of, you know, even though it is emotion, it's not causing a lot of emotion. It's just, right? So. And we have this like really complicated relationship to desire, even the word in our culture. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard for people to go like, oh, like, you know, unfortunately, there's no dove that floats down from the sky and hands you a letter that says like, this is what your intuition says. It's it's (laughs) something that you've, everyone's born with, right? It's like a spectrum. We always say everyone's like somewhere on it. And it's the more intuitive you are, the more kind of normal
1: it is, right?
2: Yes. So it's not a big, loud parade. No, it's just no. It's subtle. It's so subtle. And and I find, as I get older, I'm getting more and more in tuned with that intuition, especially towards other people. I'm very good at being intuitive towards other people. Sometimes a little harder for yourself, right? Because the, your your desires, your wants, what you wish th- things to happen. So it's if if you're a little confused, if you don't know about your own intuition, sometimes give it to others. And then all of a sudden you'll see that you start becoming a little more clear about yourself and your choices. Absolutely. I mean, we always,
0: it's always like you're in that room and you hear, like maybe you're hearing someone talk and they're like asking a question intuitively and like for you, you can answer it for them. No problem. And like, they can't see it. And you're like, how do they not see it? But when it's yourself, (laughs) it's, it's the same way. I mean, we are constantly doing that for each other. You know, like, and we're very intuitive, but like when it comes to yourself, like all your fear, all like the vows you have written and rules for yourself and insecurities are there making everything so murky. So it's, it's so much harder.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. I mean, being really young, I just knew things that I stuck with. I knew as a child that I was never going to have my own children.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) it. It was,
2: and it wasn't a sad thing. It was a knowing And I was totally fine with it. And I was probably 10 years old, nine years old. And I just knew never going to have kids. I'm I'm okay with it. I knew I was going to travel the world. I knew that I wanted to get into beauty when I was 13, 14 years old. By the time I was 15, I started doing it. I knew I would never work for like a company. And I, I, I knew I would have a different experience every day. These are the things that I just knew. And so it gave me those kind of those jets behind me to to keep going in the in the direction even though I might not have known what path it was I just knew to go forward and that the path would just kind of unfold
0: and that's that's desire right like all those things you're listing are the things you knew you desired or didn't desire and that's how you know an intuitive kid that's I always say that we get asked that a lot it's like do they know what they want do they know what they don't want that's an intuitive kid and knowing those things about yourself for sure but I also love that you are describing what I think is cognizance.
1: I was just gonna, I was gonna ask you if you knew which Claire was yours, like the different types of like psychic knowing. And you just, I mean, I would definitely say you're claircognizant.
2: Yeah. I don't know what it is. Tell me what it is.
0: <laughs> well, I love it. We, Jamie's the queen. Jamie's number one. So we all have all the Claire's, right? It's like the psychic senses. I don't love the word psychic, but that's right. the term, right? Yeah. So, so, so clairvoyant clairvoyant is like seeing so that's me like I see images of things right but clair cognizance is clair knowing like you just inside know something and there's Jamie's that's her her number one so we get excited because I don't think that one's talked about a lot where it's literally like what you're describing like I just knew this and I can't tell you why and I don't I just know it
1: yeah we talked about how claircognizant is hard because it's it's no different than your own sort of like thinking inside voice. So it's yeah. easy to question yourself. Like, like you were saying earlier, like, is this anxiety or is this intuition? And yes. when it's mm-hmm. not actually seeing things, you're not actually hearing things, um, but you're just knowing things. It, it sometimes it's harder to reconcile and like trust yourself with that. But it sounds oh. like you've made that journey into trusting yourself.
2: Yes. It took a long time. I mean, cause I'm, I'm a very reactive person and I jump off the cliff and I'm like, without thinking things through sometimes, which makes life exciting. Also anxiety causing because yeah. sometimes it doesn't work out. And then you got to like backtrack and be like, all right, next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that at this age, I'm not jumping as quickly. I'm thinking things through a little bit. I'm still taking risks, obviously, because that's just, I live on the edge of risk. That's, that's just why I'm here on this planet. But um, I'm doing it in a safer way than I did when I was younger, where yeah. it was just like throw caution to the wind and we'll figure it out on the back end. Well, that got me into some trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah. I, I think you're also describing the journey
0: into intuition and ego, Correct. which is learning how to balance your desire and your fear. Like, you know, fear gets a bad rap, right? Like, because it's, I mean, it's not fun,
1: right? And, right. And it can be all-consuming
0: absolutely but like it's it is there to to help you if you learn how to do what I think you were describing which is like okay I desire this but let me also listen to my fear and then let me
2: do what I'm going to do with all of the information like that's the journey right yeah yeah because I mean I I say that I'm I'm never fearless I'm I have fear but I do it anyway yes Yes. And, and I mean, it's some, and if I think it's dangerous, then I'll be, but I need to do it, then I'll, I'll try to do it now in a little bit more easy way to slow step it, you know, but if, if you, there's Americans just don't like change in general. And I think that change is scary, but without taking the risk of change, there's no growth. And so I think as women, we have to really lean into the scary sometimes <laughs> to really see some big, beautiful changes. Absolutely.
0: I I fully agree with that. Now, you mentioned sort of like knowing who you are and like knowing what you're here to do. Yes. So I want to know because going back to what not to wear a little bit, I don't want to talk about that the whole time because I'm sure you know. It was great. I just had a sleepover with Stacey London. Oh, that's I so cool. Say. I
1: love that. Nice.
0: I think what stood out to me, and I know it's the same for Jamie, but with you on that show mm-hmm. was that you weren't just doing people's makeup. No. Like you were obviously being very intuitive. Obviously you're very empathic also. And like you were shifting their mood, altering their state. You were being clearly handed everyone's insecurities, just like puked I'm, up. On sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And, but then you, you did it with such polish and such like, in such a way that like the, the people watching were feeling better about themselves as the person in the chair. Well, I mean, because let's, let's be honest, they didn't always love their hair. Sometimes the clothes were a journey. Right. But like, I never saw anyone leave your makeup chair without feeling good about themselves. So do you feel like that that sort of journey or like, how would you
2: word like that part of your gift and what you're here to do? That what not to wear was an absolute divine gift. That's the best, I just got chills when I said it. I did too, I did too. I, it's nothing that I went after. Um. So growing up, um, I was the overweight kid, braces, teased, bullied, made fun of, uh, insecure, like you couldn't believe. And um, getting into makeup and my mom was a watercolorist. I learned how to redefine what beauty is, how to um, change the way I felt about myself. And I started reading books like The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success and Creative Visualization. But I, I started practicing, you know, these creative ways of feeling good. And when I went after the fashion industry, I intuitively knew that I I wanted real beauty to show through. So I was always known as the light-handed makeup artist. I was never hired to do the -the over-the-top makeup looks for magazine covers or even in in the editorials. I was always hired to do the very natural look, the skincare campaigns, the girls on the beach and Elle jumping, like very, very real, very natural. And so when What Not to Wear came, I was able to give that gift that I had learned through makeup in a way that worked on every woman, no matter where in the world she was, if she was in Idaho and a mom of four, or she was a retiree or somebody that just survived breast cancer, I was able to give not just the artistry that I knew in the fashion industry, but what I had learned about feeling good about yourself and how it's really about changing your mindset and reprogramming your brain on what's beautiful and stopping that negative commentary of, well, I don't look like Cindy Crawford. So I'm, I'm not beautiful. That is ridiculous. Every unique person is so specially beautiful. So I was able to have a platform for 10 beautiful years where I could teach women first and foremost, how to shift their perspective first, then lip gloss, right? <laughs> and, it was so cool and so amazing and it was like I said it wasn't something I asked for. Stacy London got the show and and they were looking for a makeup artist and they said have you you know met with Carmendy and I, I had already been doing TV like morning shows like Spring Trends with Almay. So yeah. I was already TV trained but it it gave me this really awesome place to to share that intuition. And I had women in my chair on what not to wear sometimes where I could sense there was abuse. I could I could sense that there was something too deep to dig into. And it wasn't that kind of show. And I gave them that respect and right. didn't um, unpack that. And yeah. so I kind of played the look over here game to give them something because some of them were, it was deep and um, and it kind of stayed with me. And so I would always give them a package at the end of like goodies and handwritten notes of how to do it at home. So at least they could start that way.
1: I have a question about this mm-hmm. that thinking about you just sort of visualizing you with someone in a chair and you're you're facing them and they're facing you and you're seeing sort of all of their inner demons like the things they struggle with how how has that affected your boundaries like how have you dealt with that as an intuitive person who you're clearly mm-hmm. picking up their energy you're picking up how they're feeling you're touching them you're literally yeah. touching them yeah. like, I'm sure mm-hmm. you have to do work on like how to manage that and like Heather always says like you should like observe but not absorb
2: Yes yes um, yes
1: what was that like for you?
2: um there were when I, when I would sit with a person even if they were on guard, there was always a little, not always, but if there was a little light, I would go towards that light and I would find anything I could to connect on that space. It could be anything. It could be like their husband was in the military and I'm like, my dad was in the Coast Guard. Like I would find something to befriend and and make them feel safe with me. Sometimes it was... They, there was not no light, and if there was no light, I would just go through the motions and realize that I'm not giving this. This just happened the other day. I was doing a TV show, um, and it was just a little segment, and I had never had this happen to me where uh, it was, you know, on a location, and the interviewer came in and she was extremely negative and very um, mean, and and I had not, I was not used to that experience, and. I, I And I first looked at her and I thought, is there any beam of light? And that doesn't mean she doesn't have any light inside of her. I'm just that day, right? That moment, that's where the boundaries come in. And I realized that there wasn't enough time to to find that light. And so I I just kind of walled myself and I went through what I needed to talk about and took deep breaths and, and then just kind of shook it off. It took me a little while to shake off that energy, but I wasn't going to help. I, I that's when I realize this person doesn't want my help. She doesn't want the light to come in today for whatever reason. I always try to be compassionate. I don't know what's going on in her life. I don't know what she's dealing with, but I cannot give myself to this person. And so, and that, those are the boundaries, but then I would turn and there'd be a group of people behind me that opened to the light. And so I would just throw it in that direction yeah. because that's where it vibrates out and then continues to grow.
0: A couple of things really strike me about that. You know me, I'm like, I was like, suck into like reading everybody's everything. That's just who I am as a person. But the first thing is something that I think is really, really important if you are an empathic person, intuitive empathic, right? right? And that is knowing when the person in front of you is not open to you lifting their energy, connecting and any of that, like, and just not taking it personal, which I find very hard to be honest. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but just going like, I'm not going to keep putting my energy out in that direction because right. that's, I'd rather save it for the people, like you said, over there. Okay. That are
2: oh, yeah. Because you know what? They might not be ready at that time to accept it. And that's their journey. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. It is hard not to take it personally. It took a while for me to shake off that, that energy because <laughs> I was like, what was that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, it's hard as, as like intuitive people, like we want to help people. So it's hard to learn that lesson of not sort of forcing that on someone. If they're not ready, if they're not willing to receive it, it's not gonna hit. Yeah, we
0: I think when you grow up intuitive, and let me know if you if you feel this way, Karmadee, but like you feel like your worth, unfortunately, is in helping. sort of helping and managing the energy in every room and being the beam of light. Like What, like, it feels sometimes like that's my worth. So if I'm not able to do that for you or I'm not doing it, then there must be something wrong with me. It took me a long time to learn, like, that's actually, like, I mean, self-worth is a stupid concept anyway, to be honest. Everybody's worth every
1: like, doesn't matter. But, like, to
0: sort of disconnect that and go, like, that's actually not about
1: me at all. Well, and then you, like, on top of that, how women are, like, taught that we have to, like, help and heal and, Mm -hmm. like, we have to perform for everybody and we have to, like martyr ourselves for everybody like you, that there are a lot of layers at play that I think we're all working to yeah. untangle. Yeah.
2: yeah. And there's nothing selfish about doing nothing for anyone for a while and just really reflecting within there. It's actually the most healing thing you can do. I'm in a group of women out here. We do full moon goddess circles. It's a huge group of intuitives. And uh, I'm going on a retreat at the end of the month with them. And sometimes I show up and beam, and sometimes I just need their beam. Yes. Yeah, yes. we all understand that when we come, we're all going to be in a different place, and that's what's great is that there's no expectation to have to like perform your light. Sometimes you just need to accept it.
1: That's the beauty of a circle, right? Is that we're all yes connecting.
0: Right? I mean, that's literally the point of it, right? Yeah. Is to like, and that's why it's so connected to the moon, right? Because it's you're cycling. Like right. that's just what's happening. And- right you know, sometimes you're there, sometimes getting to receive from people gives as much to
2: the people as giving to them, you know? Yes. It's beautiful. I I'm a huge fan of breathwork meditation. And I, there was this amazing dome in the city that I used to go to in this breathwork circle. And sometimes I'd go in with, you know, my intention, right. Which is usually about business. (laughs) And all of a sudden I'd be breathing and in this space and, I would just feel that all my energy needed to be shifted over to like this gentleman that was two, you know, two people down. Mm-hmm. Something just intuitively told me just take all that energy that you're connecting with and throw it in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so you just do that. So that's and and that, that's what's amazing about it. It is. It's not always about you. Sometimes it's about giving to other people. You know. So you just. Yeah. That's part of the intuition is like, is it my turn? Oh, it's his turn or her turn or their turn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, the beautiful thing is that it's, it all still benefits you, yes, right? <laughs> right? Like, it's that conduit. You're a conduit. That's right. the design. And it's, it's so cool. Well, I also want to know what other kind of intuitive tools you love. Cause I, I did see on Instagram that you had some tarot cards, cards out yes. the other day and I was yeah. like, mm, our girl likes tarot too. So what, what are some besides the breath work and the full moon circle? Like what are some of your go-to tools? I mean,
2: You name it. I I like to try everything. I'm, you know, I'm reading The Seeker's Guide right now, Elizabeth Lesser, which is one of my favorite books. The Power of Now, that's my watch. It says now, just to remind me. It's like, what time is it? It's now. now. So I like to read books like that to keep me on track. I love tarot um, or any sort of deck. Um, Monty and Amy Farber are two friends of mine that live out here in East Hampton. They write tons of tarot decks and astrology decks. They're astrologists. They're amazing. It's not because what it is, it's an intention. And every New Year's Eve, I just read for a bunch of teenage girls that had never gotten a reading before on New Year's Eve. And they were all like 14, 15, 16. And it was spot on. I mean, each one was like, because what it is, it's it's a tool to be able to just connect all that intention that you have, all that intuition that you have, all that energy you have, And it's just, it creates a portal. So it's not like what's on the actual card, right? It's not that the cards are magic, you're the magic. It's just, again, a conduit to pull it in. and, And so when people are like, oh, tarot cards, that's ridiculous, you can't predict the future. I'm like, no, you are, you're doing it for yourself. You're just using it. It's like people that go to church and pray. It's the same thing, any sort of ritual is the same thing. It's bringing your intention into focus. Yeah. So it's, it's so important. So yeah, I love, I love tarot deck. I mean, I, I'll do anything. I'll walk on the beach, jump in the ocean, meditate full moon circles. Like I like, I, I, I've i tried things that I don't like. Like I tried to do a sweat lodge uh, where they make it pitch black and I'm like, panic attack, can't do it. Like, so I'll give it a go um, to see, you know, as much as I can connect with, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, no tar- tarot cards like crystals. People are like, Oh, holding a crystal, like crystals don't have magic. I'm like, no, you have the magic, but it's, again, it's something to wear to remind you to, to, to laser focus on. Absolutely. I think that's
0: one of my favorite things about
2: tarot or any kind of part in general is that
0: like, it's such a great way to almost like break the energetic ice and like put, if you're reading something in someone, they have to be in the right state, right? Like they have to be there to receive it. So you can really understand and like yeah. something about just pulling out a card and talking about it, it it just like shifts that so nicely. And it's like you don't need the card, but it no. just helps everybody like have a good starting point. Yeah, exactly. it's,
2: you're so right. It's like opening a door. Welcome.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I love that. I love that. That's really uh, good way of saying it. Icebreaker. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I
0: am also struck by her. So we talk about the universal fears and the human desires. So just so you know about me, I'm always assessing what everybody is. So that that's just like my thing. Like as soon as someone starts talking, I'm like, they're this, this, and this. Like literally before we started, I said to Jamie, this is what I think currently right. are. But your love and connection desire is so strong. Yeah. It's so awesome. So have you heard of these? No, that's why I'm so fascinated. (laughs) So the human desires are love and connection, significance, uh, contribution, contribution, variety, certainty, and growth. So Mm -hmm. we all want all of those all the time. That's what your intuition is always doing. It's helping you seek those things. But everybody has a top two. right? And so if you're trying to, like if I'm trying to help somebody past a block or I'm trying to work with someone, I want to know even if I just want to talk to them, I want to know yeah. what theirs are because everything that they do and everything that they take in is going to be filtered through feeding those. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So, and then there's the universal fears, which I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but Oh, i am so struck by your love and connection like every i don't know if you you can hear it or pick up on it maybe now that you you i'm telling you you will but like literally everything you're like and this is how it helps you connect right. and this is how you shine and connect the light like everything is that for you and i mean jamie and i are both love and connection people too so this is like bias but like those are always my favorite people oh so good love <laughs>
1: If you want to like brush up on these, we have episodes about, about these. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to
0: definitely, see the best.
1: Yeah. But uh, definitely contribution. Carmen D is big on contribution. Contribution. And that's what we guessed. We guessed those two. But but. also variety.
0: Oh, I was going to say when she was talking about like the jumping in, I was like, (laughs) oh, she's a variety girl too. I love that. I love that about you. But it's so, I mean, you have the same top two as me. So obviously we should be best friends forever, but (laughs) I I think when you look at the world in a way of like, I want to make sure I find a way to connect to each person and find a way to contribute to them. I think it's like a really, I think it's a really hard way to exist based on my own experience, but I also think it's a really awesome way. Like it's, it's like a double-edged sword. Like it's, it's a really powerful way to kind of be in the world, but it's also a really, it's, it's, you are always the person who's managing the energy of every room.
2: I think like That's do you? It really- can be quite lonely um, because yes. because I am the person who, by the way, I love who I am. I love my life, and even though I've had extreme successes and extreme failures, and it's you know it's never been easy. It's always kind of been a little bit of a struggle. And um, I just I find that like you know I'm 52 years old. I'm going to be 53 in March. I'm single. I have no desire to get married to live with a man. I um, never wanted kids. I've been married. I've had long-term relationships. I'm open, but it's not on the forefront. I don't online date. Um, you know, I I worry about my business. Not so much. Obviously, we all need to 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 make money. But I I worry that the women aren't aren't, aren't going to understand that I'm there to help them. That these are products that are affordable. That the this is easy. That it's going to make uh, it's anxiety free beauty. How am I going to convince them that they don't need the contour, that the highlight is light and light is energy and bounce energy off your face? I'm constantly thinking of how I'm going to get them reprogram their minds to a higher. And and of course, I'm selling product, but it's bigger than that. I'm selling a philosophy and I'm using makeup as a way to get there. And so I named each product be in your light highlighter, you magnify your shine lip gloss, universal love blush. eye define eyeliner, all the things that were little mantras to help. I mean, even, I mean, you've seen the logo. I, I'm like, how can I get the moon, which is women's empowerment and the beams of light, right? So it's yeah. like the moon represents women, the beams of light are empowerment. So it's subliminal love. And it's, I worry about that more than anything. So uh, like, it's, it's a loneliness because it's like, you're constantly thinking of how I can give and help that. So sometimes you're like, Oh, I haven't given myself much, but I rather live this way than any other way. I couldn't be comfortable living any other way. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I really, I relate to that a lot. Jamie's always yelling at me that I don't have to force everyone like you don't have to get everyone to know exactly why you're doing everything like you don't need to do that like people will just come to the thing like you know because right like your products like the name and like the thought and the energy and like wanting to contribute to people in the way that you do that comes out like people are drawn to that because of it you don't you don't have to make sure they know it but when you are a contribution person that's really hard because you kind of need it's almost like a, it's not really validation, but you, you need to know
2: you got, you, like, did you get the thing? And like, did it help you? Like, did it, right. did it do the thing I wanted it to for you? Right. Exactly. I mean, that was another hard thing is getting the price point down. And I realized that not everybody can go out there and afford a $36 mascara. It's ridiculous, especially when you have to replace it every two months, three months. Right. So it's like, okay, what can I get rid of? Well, boxes. Because like, when was the last time you bought a mascara or a lip gloss and then used it and put it right back in the box it came in? Never. That goes right in the trash. So it's waste. It's expensive. You're paying for that. Um, I just, I wanted to make it simple, simple packaging and affordable for everyone. So all of these choices I made with other people in mind... Also, sometimes can hurt your bottom line because you're like, oh, well, it's not so popular. You're not doing A, B, C, D, and E. You're not in Sephora. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And it's like, I can't look at that. All I can do is look at what I'm supposed to be doing and knowing that it's right. And if it takes a lot longer or if it's not as ginormous, well, so be it, but it's the right thing to do. And that, that, that I, the
0: most
1: refreshing thing I have heard somebody say. <laughs> <I'm> really, <laughs> truly, truly. It's not
2: easy. It's not, I mean, it's it's not easy, but that's, it's the right thing to do.
1: Well, I think it also helps that the products are such good quality. Like, yeah. Carmen D sent us, like, samples. Yes. And yeah. they're so, they're, they're so all, good. We gush over them all the time. And my yeah. daughter stole them from me. She had yes. all the lip glosses in her backpack. It's school. Yeah, like where did their lip glosses go? It's yeah. like, oh, they're here. In my yeah.
2: backpack. So funny. that's so funny. I know my friend, um, she was like, I can't find my mascara. She found it in her her teenager's bag. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's but it
0: it when you're trying to make people feel better about themselves and like your whole the energy of like someone else's makeup line is just to like Look like this celebrity or cover up these parts of yourself. Or, like,
1: Or be like the most expensive and be the most trendy. And like yeah, your, your line doesn't feel like that.
2: No, it's... I want it to be simple. Like I don't follow trends when I create because I want it to be timeless. Um, you know, I, although a cream blush looks great, I try to make things wearable for all ages and if you are in your 70s and you have wrinkled skin and you put on cream blush and it starts slipping and sliding and moving into no so a a sheer jet milled powder blush that's easier and faster and you don't have to blend and it lasts longer that makes sense so yeah it might not be on trend because I don't want trend I want forever day-to-day staples that you're going to have forever that's that's the key of course, you can play with trends. Have fun, but I mean, in terms of your daily life, th- these are your go-to's. Yeah, and when you use those
0: products, you because that's the energy wrapped in them. You naturally feel better because that that's how energy works, right? Like yeah. the intention of this product is right. to make women feel better about themselves. You're it's going to happen right. when you put it on. Like I don't right. think people understand how powerful that is and how much that affects you.
2: Well and this there's real thought behind this like I'll I'll give you two examples the 5 minute face the 5 minute face is not just how to get ready fast and and these five products I actually when I was writing my first book the 5 minute face I was researching all these scientific case studies about what makes um a person the most beautiful And again, like I said earlier, standards had changed and it wasn't when they had asymmetrical features because, you know, some tribes considered a long neck to be beautiful and other places, you know, this was beautiful. There was one consistency that rang true all the way back to prehistoric man. And that is a woman was at her most beautiful when she was fertile, obviously, or in love. Okay. Because like, you know i'm in menopause so that that ships past but being in love mimics the same look of being fertile it's that same feeling that same energy so five magical things happen your skin glows because you're radiating love right so that's how i created my highlighter then your eyes capture attention because you're trying to get your s- suitor so that's a little liner and mascara your cheeks flush on a cellular level because you're blushing and then your lips get engorged with blood because you want to make out. <laughs> That's the five minute face. So I created five universal products to put in those five places that work on everyone from 18 to 80 to restore the look of being in love. So uh, it's more than just getting ready fast. It's a, and then even the blush color, like people look at the blush color and they're like, that is not a shade I would pick. Well, I studied Renaissance paintings and looked at portraiture, um, of the 1700s and 1800s, so I could see women of color in portraiture, and these master painters use this shade in their paintings to mimic the look of blood under skin. So this color, although it looks a little orangey, is the color of red blood under skin, and when you put it on very lightly on people who are very fair, or you can layer it for people who have darker skin tone, it's that natural flush. Yes, I love that.
1: I did have that thought with the blush. Yeah. I, like, I don't know if this is going to work for me, and then yeah. I
2: put it on, and I was like, Ooh, just a little wow. bit. Yeah, I mean, I've got. I it's the only blush I have in my makeup kit. So just fair. a tiny little bit, and it's it. It really looks like you've been, you know, running outside because when you put on like a pink blush or like a brownish blush, that's not your natural state, right? So this mimics that natural state. I was like, if Carmody said to
0: wear it, I'll, I'll wear, wear it, it. Right. If, if That's what she said. I've been doing her five-minute face yeah. forever, so yeah. I'm going to do it. She's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about kind of going back to the boundaries thing. For being somebody who I'm imagining people want to come up and talk to you, um,
2: because being on 10 years was what not to wear, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I- and still on, uh, and uh, I think in 117 countries. It's almost- so
0: Awesome. It's such a good show. Oh my God. All right. Anyways, I won't gush about it,
2: but is
0: it, how do you manage the boundaries of people like wanting to come up to you sort of feeling like they know you like, like, is that a difficult thing for you? Like being so
2: like you you have such bright, warm energy. Like I, like how do you approachable? approachable. Yeah. How do you manage that? Well, I mean, these days, I don't get it very often. Um, Believe it or not, in a lot of other countries, I get it when I'm traveling because they're seeing it for the first time. In the United States, it doesn't happen so much. um, But when it does, I I feel honored that I was able to touch these people because they always say the same thing. They always say, you made people feel good. Not once has somebody come up and said, wow, that smoky eye you did. Or, oh my God, I love that lip gloss. They're like, you made people feel good. So that reinstates the reason why I did it. And it, that always makes me feel good. When we were in the height of it mm-hmm. um, and like, and in and, and the middle of when it was at its peak and we were really getting approached a lot, there were sometimes people that came in um, wanting to give everything and you just, you have to, be, be lovely and, and excuse yourself. And, you know, cause sometimes it was a little intense because they could, they could see that you were an empath and they were, they were open. So they were like, and here's everything about my mother and my childhood and da 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 And you're like, I'm not a therapist, you know, sorry. Exactly. It's <laughs> so, yeah, like they yeah. the ability to understand, like to read you that you're going like, okay. Yes, I'm yes. a big fan in boundaries when it comes to people that no longer serve you in your life, whether they're uh, toxic friends or toxic relationships. I'm uh, I love blocking. Oh, do you, you tell
1: us more? Yes. yes. tell us about uh, that. Way, like, like literal and energetic blocking.
2: If if they are toxic people, Good. do not even and you know and your intuition is telling you it is time to go. It is time to block it. Because then you're not pulled and second guessing yourself. Or if they reach out, trying to manipulate, it's time. You just, you're done. It's and that's
1: such it's a hard thing to learn. But then once you learn it, it feels so freeing.
2: It yeah. does. Yeah. Well, it does.
0: You have to protect the energy you have to yeah. give. You have to protect that from
2: people who, I don't want to say don't deserve it, but like they're not in a place to get it. Right. And right. You, you can sense that they're not going to get in this lifetime. they're just not going to get it in this lifetime and so therefore you cannot waste your energy on that and and then there's some people that might be a little toxic but you're going to leave the door open because maybe they'll shift right Uh, yeah you know who you need to block
0: yes yes
2: i think the best my favorite tool for that like to
0: to question it because i think people like the three of us who we like I just naturally love everybody. I also really don't like humans, but I love all the humans at the same time. It's very complicated, right? Oh, I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I think I'm always trying to say like, how much importance does this person put on my emotional well being? Right. That's me. Right. right. And like, if it's if it's like, oh, they care, right? Cool. But if they're like actually trying to make me feel bad. Right. goodbye forever yeah. like I no thank you like yeah. that's that's
2: a hard thing to learn though it's also hard too when you have friends that do that sometimes but then they balance it out with all this great stuff so you're like I'll, I'll deal with a little piece of your insecurity because I've got su- such great stuff over here but if that's out of balance then yeah. you're answering yes so everybody's got their little something right everybody's got their little annoying something that you're like ah it's because you know your mom was like this and you're like this and you're you know a virgo or whatever you know you're like i get it you know you can give you can give them like a little bit but if it's if it's out of balance and out of whack it's time to move on 100 percent.
1: yes amen speaking of virgo
2: oh yeah i knew you're gonna ask this do you know your top three i i know my entire astrology chart of course she does yay of course she does Funny story, my mom actually studied astrology when I was a kid, and my third grade science project is we did a astrology chart for the teacher, and she didn't like it very much because she's like, that's not science, and my mom's like, it's one of the oldest sciences in the world, but anyway, I love astrology, I am a triple Aries. You are? Yes. Triple Aries, that's incredible. Triple Aries, Mars and Capricorn exalted, uh, Venus and Aquarius, so Yeah it's kind of i love that no wonder you have so much beams of light shooting out of you carmen d oh
0: my i must be there's no there's nothing to balance that for you that's incredible oh my god i asked i'm really glad you asked
2: i i looked up i looked up her sun sign
0: Oh, yeah, to, to be prepared. That's the kind of preparation we do.
2: I love it. Well, listen, I'll tell you why I love astrology so much and that you know, people who think it's just horoscopes, they don't get it. it. It is the blueprint to your life and if the moon can affect tides, right? that is you know planetary energy that's affecting bodies of water and that's what we are and there is something to it and i'm telling you if you have it done in a proper way and you have a real astrologist really kind of suss it out it is not a soothsaying device it is not um a predictor of sorts what it does is it gives you an understanding of your fundamental personality traits what to fix what to pay attention to i know that impatience was a big one and i had that times 3 right which got me in a lot of my troubles when I was younger, um, temper that I had, to, I I was luckily uh, luckily able to, you know, just chill that out early on, and now I know how to deal with that, how to deal with anxiety. Like it gives you the tools to be a, a better person yourself, and and recognize in you that oh, there's my reactive tendency, yes. or there's my you know, and and when you know that. You can say it out loud and self adjust. And so I think it's more important astrologically, not so much to know other people, but to know yourself. And then how I use it with other people is I was in, I had a really bad business situation a few years ago, actually, many years ago now. Um, I had started a brand with a bad group of people and it, well, it was a big disaster and it left me with nothing, just a complete failure, taught me so much. This time around, when I, got a business partner and I was doing a deal. I did all their readings. I I had their charts done before I made the decision to sign any contracts. And I'm telling you what a game changer that was because you got to really see how these people were going to probably respond in times of, you know, bad times and good times. And are they going to work hard? Are they going to disappear? Are they going to finish what they start? You can actually see a lot of that when you kind of put them together with your own. And I think it's important for business.
0: I mean, what's the famous quote? I feel like I butcher it every time, but it's like millionaires have,
1: Oh, like, like financial advisors. Yeah. And billionaires have astrologists.
2: Yeah. It's the truth. Kings and Queens use them to plot and plan wars.
1: I mean, it's that,
0: it's that famous patriarchy problem. Yes. Right. Where it's like, let's make everyone think this is silly and dumb, but like where are we all, all actually it. using it. <laughs> exactly.
2: yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think that a, a lot of young girls uh, who, you know, read a couple things then blame their bad behavior on it. Well, I'm just a this. Well, no, you have to take responsibility for the positives and the negatives. So, yeah.
0: well, that's, that's like. I love using astrology for all the reasons you said and also for like just accepting who I am. Like, yeah, that's going to happen because it's literally written in the stars that I'm stubborn. I'm a Taurus. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like it's Sorry. literally right there that I am going to need you know my creature comforts and like so I might feel a little bit bad about that and like it doesn't mean I have the license to just act like a jerk to people about it but like if I can just accept
2: it then it's much easier to adjust it than fighting right yeah 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 it's like I'm still going to be the person that jumps off the cliff paragliding but this time I'm going to make sure that the guy I'm doing it with is licensed (laughs) (laughs) exactly that that. kind of stuff you just got to adjust you're still going to be who you are but you're just going to be smarter about it (laughs)
0: absolutely
2: have you really been paragliding oh yeah but a bunch of times yeah i i'm a little action jackson that way i like that
1: (laughs) can i can i swing us sort of away from what we've been talking about but you you mentioned just super briefly that you're in menopause right now Mm -hmm.
2: yeah full on full blown congratulations congratulations thanks it's actually, I mean, it, it comes with pros and cons. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you is like, what would you, from all of your many different perspectives, intuitively, mm-hmm. like within the makeup world and the fashion world, what would you love for people to know more about menopause? Because I, I feel like it's still one of those Gosh. sort of uncharted territories that people are only now
2: talking about. Well, I, I have to thank Stacy London for this because Stacy London is on the forefront of um, changing the narrative around menopause and normalizing it. And she has done a fantastic job. And I was on the phone with her for most of this journey asking questions because she was having um, summits and knowing all of the CEO of these big menopause companies. But what we realized was, you know, having a company and selling an oil That's not what what menopause is about. This has got to be changed on a healthcare level. And it is a stage of life. It's not a disorder. It's not a disease. It's like going through adolescence. It's a stage of life. And the fact that I had to go to four different doctors and three summits to figure out what I needed to help support me through menopause is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And there needs to be one-stop shopping. I know that there's there's a, a new um, like telehealth company that's that's coming up that's gonna be your one-stop shopping. You, you basically sign up and all of your needs, whether it's hormone replacement, hair loss, dietary things, uh, peptide shots, you can go to one place. I think we need to see more of those in menopause. Um, I found out like, who knew? I have factor five Leiden, which is a blood mutation disorder. I can't take estrogen. Nobody asked me this nobody even tested me for this i was on birth control pills for years on estrogen nobody ever looked into this the only reason i found out is because when my father passed away they told me that he had factor five Leiden. i then had to get tested so then i tell you know endocrinologists and menopause doctors by the way i have this they're not even looking they just want to write you a script and it's like so you i've had to kind of be my own advocate and figure out what works for me and what doesn't and i finally have the magic cocktail but my God, was it exhausting? So there needs to be an easier way, a one-stop shop. I got to meet this woman, Dr. Molly McBride, who just started an amazing menopause clinic in New York City. She does it. um, You can do telehealth with her. You can do it on FaceTime or whatever. They're starting to pop up, but it needs to be like dentists. They need to be everywhere.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: For pre-menopause and menopause, because these hormones are no joke. And that's the hard thing. It's like for men, oh my God, it's like covered by insurance. You know, everything's easy to get. And it's really difficult for us to find these things.
0: 100%. I mean, I think as someone in perimenopause, both of us have had to have hysterectomies. We definitely have hormone issues. I think it might go along with being intuitive in a world that doesn't really operate that way, but we can talk about that later. But I think it's hard to not just give up on trying to feel better. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because it's so frustrating. And I think of like, like the means that we have, right. like we're white women. I mean, like we have privilege, privilege there, right. like to, and how hard it is for us to get mm-hmm. any sort of answer or help or understanding or right. not be brushed off that like, it's really hard for women to not just go like, well, I guess I'm
1: just going to have to feel awful all the time. Right. Yeah. we well, people when yeah. we have health insurance healthcare, sometimes, yeah. like it's yeah. they're so complicated. Yeah. It, it,
2: it's absolutely comp- complicated and wrong and not okay. And it has to start at a healthcare level. And unfortunately, is there a lot of money in that for them? Like that's the thing it's gotta, and that's what sucks about our, our healthcare system here. But the good news is, is that we have this, and this is where social media is a good thing. Follow follow Stacey London on, on Instagram, you know, Follow, um, you know, like Dr. Molly McBride, who talks about menopause all the time and perimenopause. If you start following these people, you can start gathering this information because these are, these are people who really know and they want to get the word out. Yeah. So that's what you can do in the meantime. And then you can kind of cherry pick and find the, you know, what works best for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what was always so dangerous about women was that the, the, gossiping used to mean something different. We right. like to talk about the real origin of words, right? So like we, that's how we've always broke through these kinds of issues and this kind of, you know, being held back.
1: And these and like networks of like yes, women, like right. you're, describing, you're describing like women, like, yeah, exactly. You're describing women talking and like forcing our way through these these problematic systems just right. by like doing what women do, which is actually working collectively, working together. Yes,
0: this is a resource I found. Oh, right. that happened to me. I mean, that's, that's how we have always right. kept any of this stuff going, right? right? Yes. And survived.
2: I, My really good friends started this amazing um, organization. It's called the X Experts. And it's about, it's for women going through divorce. Because I remember going through a divorce in the 2000s. I had no help. I had nowhere to turn. I didn't know what to do. Oh my gosh, now they have a whole community of women who need help when they're going through a divorce, no matter how difficult it is, whether they're, you know, would they have kids or not have kids, from finding resources for attorneys, knowing what their their rights are, like it's incredible incredible you know um uh, the cancer cartel is another one these are women that are raising money to give to women to take care of their basic needs because they're dealing with cancer whether it's a phone bill or you know grocery shopping like it, these are communities that i'm finding that i'm like oh this is awesome how can i share this how can i be a part of it how can i help spread the spread the word oh, yes. but out there, there's a lot of wonderful things out there on social
0: Absolutely, and, and that's how we that's how we keep it going, right? That's how we get the information right. to people. It's by by sharing and talking about it. And that's what's always been so magical about witchy women like us. Right. And that's what we do,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. it's so funny because sometimes I'll get like you know these newsletters, and it's like, what this celeb- celebrity celebrity war, what that celebrity war. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, I want like what we just found out about hormones or like, you know, another way that that proves that, you know, you can sleep better at night. Like, those are the things that mean more to me than like what somebody was wearing.
1: Yeah.
0: What you're wearing is cool, like thumbs up, but like, Mm. what are you about? What what have you learned that you can share with the class? We want to know. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's what happens in menopause is like the blood and the situation and everything is not happening down here. It moves up to here. And now we're thinking differently and we're resonating differently and we're taking all that energy and and kind of taking that knowledge and growing in that way.
0: Right. I think what used to strike me, so Jamie and I, pre-COVID times, used to run Full women, full Moon Women's Circles. Oh, and cool. what really struck me was women who were in menopause, when mm-hmm. we would talk about cycling, they would say, I don't cycle anymore. And I, we would both go, yes, you do. You just don't bleed, right? Like you're still following those sites. You're still, it's just this, this one element of it isn't happening, right? Like, so I think that's such a a cool way to look at it. Like you're not bleeding here, but like the blood is going here.
2: here. Yes. It's just, it's just all that energy has shifted into this more knowing place. And you know what happens? It's funny. I was actually, who was I looking at? It was, um was uh, some celebrity who was in her 60s talking about how like men don't look at her or no, how people say men don't look at her and she's not attractive. And she's like, no, I'm attractive. I just know more and take less. And it's true. It's like when you get to this stage, you, you don't have time for BS. You don't need the attention. You're, you're, you're wiser, you're sharing, you're connecting. So all that stuff goes away. So yeah, a lot of people kind of go, Oof, I, don't, I don't want to go near that. That scares me. And it should. Yeah. <laughs> <We> <laughs> yes, agree.
1: Exactly.
2: I mean, if it scares you, don't come near me because I don't want to be with somebody who finds that scary. The
0: crystals are working. The crystals are working if you're backing away. (laughs) (laughs) Along those same lines, I feel, so being intuitive and studying, you know, the history of of women, the most powerful and the most scary to everybody, women, Mm -hmm. are women who are over the age of 40.
2: That's right. Yeah, terrifying. Uh, Yes. Hold the crones exactly
0: exactly and
2: the
1: thing
0: is like it makes sense because they are the wisest i mean we're in we're in that group so like we're talking about ourselves too but like they're the wisest they're the ones who have been through it and have learned the stuff and are ready to share it and to help people and Mm -hmm. i think you can still see especially in the beauty industry right, right that like we're still trying to like vilify them or make them like a scary thing, like, oh, you don't look like you're 20 anymore. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's that's absolutely ridiculous.
1: ridiculous. No, and I think that society has sort of cast women off after a certain age. Yes. So they're like not important anymore. It doesn't matter how you look, it doesn't matter um, like how appealing or attractive you are to people. But I think mm-hmm. that's what I love about your brand, Carmen D, is that like, I, I don't feel like, I feel like with your makeup, you care about how I feel. I do. But you don't. But you don't care about like whether or not I look great or attractive. To I want you to feel
2: good. Period. Yeah,
1: right. I want
2: you to feel good. I don't want. I don't want you to feel. Right. Never yeah. once. I've never contoured a face in my life. Right. Yeah. Right. Ever. Right. And I've been a professional makeup artist my entire life. So right. that said something right there. And it's like, if you look at any of my work, it's it's what I'm doing is I'm taking a face. My eyes blur when I see a face. And what's beautiful pops out, whether it's an eyelash, a cheekbone, an iris color, a crooked smile, and whatever pops out, I just intuitively know a thing here and a thing there and boom, all of a sudden they see it too. And it's, it's this, and it doesn't, it doesn't so much translate all the time on QVC or TikTok or whatever. I don't care. If you do it, that's what matters
0: it translates in the energy of the person that you're doing right to because yes. you see them look at themselves in the mirror right I'm just picturing you doing like the spin on what not to wear right into yeah. the mirror and their face and that's like how they, they hold
1: themselves
0: yes yeah. and like that right. that's what you give people and that to me is mm-hmm. what beauty is yeah. it's like
2: yeah and like going back to what you're saying about being cast off at a certain age, I, I, I've told this this story before, but the most beautiful woman I ever met, that this one of my favorite stories, was not a model or a celebrity. It, I was in Orcas Island in Washington State having lunch with a friend and this beautiful woman walks into the room and she's glides over to us and she gives us her business card and we start chatting with her. And she had just opened up a bed and breakfast. She was 90 years old. And she said that she, you know, followed the traditional path. She got married, she had kids. She took care of her husband and her children. Husband had passed on, kids had moved away. Her dream was to go to culinary school. She did so in her seventies or eighties. And then she took her property and turned it into a bed and breakfast. And she was promoting it at 90 that was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen Absolutely. because of what she did and how she lived. And she radiated this light. Yeah. It wasn't about, oh, I did this model or this celeb. Nope. It was that woman. Yeah. And she was tiny.
0: And isn't that what is so dangerous to everybody? Is that right. like, it when you start to go like, I don't, I don't buy into it anymore. That only youth is beautiful right. and I don't buy into it anymore that I need to try to look 19 or like, or like that there's one, you know, way you pair color or one, like right. I, if I just don't buy into that. And at any age can feel beautiful about like, feel good about myself and feel beautiful. Well, that's, that's being about as dangerous as you can possibly. You well,
2: can't- I think the, the word dangerous is, 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 good because when you're young and vulnerable and trying to look young and vulnerable you can be controlled. Yes. Or at least they think they can control you. But an older woman who ha- has knowledge and power and is confident and doesn't need that and cannot be controlled, that is dangerous. Yes. So yes. with this this kind of focus on keeping everyone looking vulnerable and young, it's this kind of twisted way of power and control.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I, I have a question about, this is something that, this is how my brain works. So bear with me on the question, but like, I, you're somebody who I would imagine has just had everyone's insecurities always being thrown at them. Right. Like, like doing someone's, I I just think of the times I've had my makeup done and you're almost like apologizing for your own face and it's so dumb that we do that. Right. But having to take that all in and like having to sort of I guess you don't have to but you do like lift people up through that or walk someone into feeling better. What have you sort of learned about just like us all being insecure? Like what what kind of insights are like what what do you learn from having to manage that all the time? Mm-hmm.
2: I I look at it this way. It's such a waste of time. And we're all guilty of it. I mean, all of us are guilty of it from time to time. But it's what you practice. It's like working out or practicing, you know, learning a new language. You have to do it consistently. So you got to catch yourself and not allow that to happen. Because I can't tell you how many women I've said, oh, you have beautiful skin. Oh, no, it's it's so wrinkled. Oh, yeah, beautiful eyes. Oh, they're too close together. I'd rather have your eyes. It's they automatically fight a compliment. And it's because the programming either themselves, they program themselves, or they had a parent that did it, or an ex-boyfriend, or whatever, but they hold on to those negative thought patterns, right? So I have so many times that I see beauty and I say it, and then it is either deflected or they point something else out. And I see this as being really um, detrimental to, to their own self-love and, and and happiness. So you have to practice. You have to practice stopping that negative thought pattern and being in that, that beautiful place. And it's not easy, but it, ha- it happens all the time, <laughs> but it is possible to change. You yeah. can change. Yeah.
0: And like pointing it out to other people, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you should probably do it to people, you know, I'm guilty of doing it to strangers sometimes too, but like- No, you
2: should do it. To, I call it contagious compliments. Yeah. Compliments. You see some-
0: it. Yes. yes. And like, don't let someone like shit all over themselves in front of you without being like no like call right. it out like we're always yelling at people women for apologizing for like taking up space or breathing or yes right? like, Ridiculous. how often do people apologize for like oh i'm sorry i don't have any makeup on like
2: yeah, what what? i know that i that i get a lot because they meet me and i'm a makeup artist but chances are i don't have any on at the time <laughs> either and and what I say to a lot of these women too, that complain about the way they look, I'm like, when you're 95 years old, if you're lucky and you're sitting on your front porch and you're looking at photos of yourself right now, you're going to be like, what was I thinking? I should have been running around with my hair on fire, dancing. Like, look at that. And all I did is worry about, oh, my thighs were too fat or my eyes were too close together. Who cares? It's a shell. Like, forget it. Like do the best you can make yourself feel as good as possible. Listen, self-care does release endorphins in your brain. There is a serotonin release that happens when you self-care. And I think that taking care of yourself is important, but at the same time, nitpicking and judging every little detail is awful because we're all heading in the same direction if we're lucky. And I mean, how, how guilty are all of us of looking at a picture going, oh my God, look at, I was so this, I was so that and I thought I was so bad. Yeah, all you know? time. And it's yeah. ridiculous.
0: And it's, it's-, it's hard to separate that, right? Like, cause society yeah. has taught women to do that. Yeah. You know, and even I was just on at Christmas listening to my mother and my aunt talk about being in a picture and like how they don't like how they look, right? And I was just thinking like, oh, like we we're doing this about ourselves, but we're passing it on. Yeah. Yeah, Oh
2: yes. Right. Right.
0: And so it's, it's, it's hard to sometimes like take that in and go like, I need to separate these voices of what I've been taught that like, I owe everybody some version of myself. Right. right? Like, because I identify as a woman, I have to wear makeup, but like somebody who's a, identifies as men doesn't like that doesn't make any sense right Right. like to pull yourself away from that so it can be hard but it's so important to do what you're saying and I really do think that's the ultimate self-care is to like catch it and to practice it consistently and to like call it out on other people but like check in with yourself about it because that's really the only way it it shifts at all and like you said you don't want to be 90 and be like why didn't I just enjoy being young and hot
2: Exactly. It's, I remember there was, I think it was the last book that I worked on. It was called Bloom, A Girl's Guide to Growing Up Gorgeous. And it was for tweens. Unfortunately, it was too late because they were already onto TikTok. And, and most of them were, it, it, I just didn't get it early. I think it might've worked about 10 years before. But during that shoot, I had these beautiful teenage girls. They were all my friend's daughters. I didn't have any models. They were friend's daughters. And a variety like you can't imagine. Everybody, and I remember there was one mom friend of mine who as and it was it was about empowering yourself and celebrating your your uniqueness and and how to feel good and and not playing the compare and despair game. And as I was uh, doing makeup on one of the young ladies, um, her mom was in the mirror going, "I look so fat." And I was like, "You gotta go. Go get a coffee. Go walk around the block." You're you're literally teaching what I'm trying to unteach here by being here standing in the mirror and talking about how you look in the mirror while your teenage daughter is getting her makeup done, learning how to empower herself and feel good. So you gotta go. So it is true. We are conditioned either through parents or society or boyfriends or or you know how many people want to wear it was when they were teenagers in school being bullied like I was. Why are you now in your 50s and you've accomplished all these great things and you still remember what these kids on the playground said to you? Stupid as that.
0: <laughs> I know. I I agree. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Like, You know, we, we like to dig into like the, the energy, the root cause, you know, behind yeah. everything going on. And it, I feel like it always goes back to somewhere between the age of six and like 16 that you're like, well, this one person said this shitty thing to me a couple of times. And now- right?
1: and you like wrote something about yourself
0: it, it became a part of my story it right. became about
1: a part who of you me. are
2: yes and like crazy and then yet you get complimented 1600 times and why are you not making that part of your story
0: exactly exactly, right. exactly. it's the way the ego works man it's no yeah. so fun yep i I'm wondering, so you said that you were growing up, you felt really different. You said you were overweight, braces, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I grew
2: up in Huntington Beach, California. So everybody was like Baywatch, right? And here I was, I was, you know, awkward and, and, you know, I look back now, I'm like, oh, it was adorable. But like at the time you're not, cause they're. I got bullied and teased a lot and um, it really, I look at it now going, what a wonderful thing, because it it projected me into this world and I'm able to connect with people and make them feel good. So it was a gift, that bullying and teasing. And I can look at it because of the intuitiveness and being in touch with it as, um, you know, these children were suffering in their own way. They didn't know how. But nowadays with social media, it's a lot harder and it's a lot more intense And I just don't think that they're getting um, that those positive messages out there and they're not learning as quickly because the minute there's one bully, there's another. And then you have to look like this person and that person and da 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 da. It's just in your face. Like we still had times to just go out and go to the beach and figure it out and cry in our bedrooms for a second and then get over it. And like nowadays, you really don't have that opportunity.
0: Right, it's always in your pocket to to have it there. I agree. How do you think feeling that way growing up has like informed what you do because I'm always so struck by how the the wounds we are in our inner child get mm-hmm. we end up so many people end up spending a lot of time healing that in other people right like yes. it in, it's it's so yeah. magical I think but like how do you think growing up that way and then being perceived and I'm sure. You hear all the time how beautiful you are and then being in the beauty industry. Like how did that sort of inform how you approach this now?
2: Um, Well, you know, again, like I said, having those insecure real insecurities as a kid, I also swung the pendulum this way and was putting on way too much makeup when I was still playing and, and being into this, but it was my mother who was the watercolorist that taught me how to see sheer washes of color and how there's beauty in so many different things. So I slowly began swinging that way. And then when I was able to make people feel good, I'm like, this is addictive. I love this feeling. God, that feeling of making somebody happy was like, whoa, this is, this is so good. So I think that I would not have Gotten that unless I was bullied and and had those insecurities and then healed from them, and then I'm like, okay, well, how did I heal from them? Why well, I used to do five things, these steps, right? So then I started writing about these steps and then teaching these steps to people. It's how to achieve soul beauty, right? So there's five steps. Number one is mirror mantras. So that's uh, changing your brain pattern of sit. And if you hear like, oh, look at these dark circles, you're like, I have beautiful irises. You know, you always have to say something positive, even if you hear something negative, because you're retraining your thought process. The, uh, the other thing is feature focus. Find what you love about yourself and celebrate it. So if you if you have terrible lips or, you know, a crooked eyebrow or something you don't like, focus on what you do like. Feature focus. Look at what you love. Celebrate that. Play with that. Right? Right. Then another thing is practice the ancient feminine ritual of beautification. Again, it raises the endorphins in your mind. That ritual of self-care makes you feel empowered when you're doing it. Again, not as a tool of insecurity, but as as a tool of empowerment. Another uh, step is to let go, let go of the bullies, what they said to you. Like I had a hairdresser tell me when I was really young that my forehead was so big that you could shine a movie on it and that I should wear bangs for the rest of my life. And I wore bangs for years because of it. Oh, that's stuck in my head. So you have to let go saying maybe he was, he wanted a cup. Like, you don't know what, what people say or why they say it, but let it go. It has no bearing on you. And then the last thing is practice the contagious compliments. If you see something, say something. You don't know what kind of day somebody's had. You could be at the checkout counter and the woman could be going through a horrible divorce. And if you like, wow, you have beautiful hair. She's like, thank you. You just shifted her just even for a moment.
0: You can make someone's whole day. I mean, yeah. people have complimented me before mm-hmm. and I've just been like, the rest of the day felt good. Like yeah. it's such an easy thing to do for right. people. Mm-hmm. All of that is amazing, by the way. I love yeah. how the five steps are so like yeah, the five. Yeah. yeah. I'm also really struck by how, so we would talk about how creativity and intuition are, are like cousins, right? Like they they float together. But like right. your story is so full of like, sort of creativity grabbing you and like pulling you into something intuitive and like pulling into right. your business Intuition. and right. stuff. Yeah, I I love that.
2: Thanks. It's been it's been a fun ride. And it, the thing is is that for me it was never about, you know, when I when I see these these influencers and TikTokers that are like makeup is just you know, the precision of and it's like an oil painting and it's that's not why I got into this. Right. Right? I didn't get into this, for, although that is fun and there's nothing wrong with playing with that, but this is more of a movement for women to look and feel good without anything on their faces or one thing on their. If they just decide that it's, I got you mascara, like this is it. This is what they want. They want to leave the house, but they have to have on their mascara. That's their little weapon, right? That's like, I am feel good because I got my mascara on. Then that's all that matters. You don't have to buy the whole line. It's one thing, one magical, you know, kind of sword, right? If it's your skin, you know, the lit from within daily prep, you put that on, walk out the door with nothing else but a glow. That's,
1: that's my favorite. Theater. I cannot yeah. Believe, yeah. I cannot believe how much of a difference that makes.
2: Mm-hmm. Isn't it something
1: incredible? It's awesome. It's so good.
2: Wait till this comes out. This is the foundation. When you mix the two together, you create like the, ultimate-
1: yes, we were just saying that when
0: we want the foundation. Okay. Yes. So I, I, I love that. Like the, the makeup, how you're describing it is kind of how we were talking about tarot cards. Like it's the tool, yeah. right? Yeah. So the right. lip gloss or for me, the highlighter, like if I have that, I feel like whatever I can, just yeah. that. Yeah. But, like right. it becomes the tool. Like it, the highlighter is yes, it's enhancing and it's grabbing the light, it's doing all that, but it's also the tool that's making me feel better, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's it's so it's the same thing as the tarot card when you're going to to read it, like it's just putting you and that energetic space for your own self to feel beautiful. To feel good, right? yeah. yeah, you
2: get it. That's the whole line. You get it. You get it. You get it. you me so happy <laughs> because sometimes like you, you see an Amazon review and you're they're like hated everything about, it, and you're like you missed the point okay (laughs) that's on that
0: that's on them for sure i love it this has been wonderful you are wonderful
2: will you you guys i can hang out with you guys any day (laughs) (laughs) let's do a goddess circle
0: where where you guys live we're in massachusetts right, right outside of boston
2: Oh, nice. I was just in Boston. That's right. Remember? Because I was. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. He lives there. So I will be visiting him again. So next time I'm up there, let's get together, please. I do
1: drop off and pick up there. Yeah. Day my kids. Please. Yeah. Please. Absolutely. Thank
0: you so much for giving us your time. Yes. And it's I mean, so you wonderful. know. You know, I was a huge fan of yours before, so oh, now it's, it's just always, like it's yeah. just another level. Jamie's gonna have to calm me down after this. I've been.
2: Oh, this. you guys are so awesome! I just, I really enjoy this com- talking about this kind of stuff because not everybody does, and and I think it's so important.
0: I do too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. Go onto Amazon.
1: Definitely go to Amazon
0: and buy the Carmody stuff. I have my. I can't go anywhere without the lip gloss either and the highlighter. I've my Oh, I can't read.
1: She always the same
0: one. Sunburst
2: pink. Yeah. Sunburst pink. That's my favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it on at the same time as Carmen, D just put hers on? And I have the daily prep on my face every day. So Yay. I, have- I, I did the five minute face this morning. I do it every day. I need day.
2: to get the daily prep into a, a jug for the body. Oh, that's what I want nice. to do. Next.
1: incredible. So smart.
2: It's like prepping everywhere. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Please do that.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. And so, yeah, everybody, go buy that. Definitely. And maybe we'll we'll force you to come on the podcast again.
2: Yeah, would love that. There was no forcing necessary. Just- <laughs>
1: Thank you so Thank much, you so much.
2: You're so welcome.
1: Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you.